Welcome to the Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Look up unto me, says the Lord, for I am your Lord, and I am your God. And I say to you, my children, that I know your need. Bring to me your faith, and that faith will overcome your need. And I say unto you, my children, that I am not come to retirement. I've not come to the end of my age. I have lost no power, no glory. I have not lost any. I have not spent it. For it is eternal, says the Lord. And I say unto you, my children, that as you stand before me, as you cry out to be in my presence, I say unto you that I will open the doors of heaven. And I will pour out blessings that are greater than you can receive. And I, I say unto you, and I call you. God said, I call you. To a week of prayer, a week of prayer for your family, day by day a prayer, a week of prayer for your church, a week of prayer for your country, and I, the Lord God, will move in that week, and you will see the moving of God. I will heal, and I will deliver, and I will show myself to this world again as God, and I'm calling this one, it's only the flesh. Okay, and it says, Galatians 5.13 says, For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Ain't that good already? You just back, go home on that one. You've been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Verse 14, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. Verse 16, this I say then. Walk in the Spirit. Somebody say, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Wow. Well, you know what, Pastor? I, I just can't help doing that. Oh, yes, you can. The Bible says you can. Well, no, that's, my, my dad was that way. My granddad was that way. My great-grandfather was that way. That, that just runs in my family. You don't have to do it. You don't have to choose it, right? And so he says, you know, we're not to fulfill uh, those, uh, in verse 16, I, I say then, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is the remedy. This is clearly written that this Holy Spirit within us, the Spirit of God within us, is great enough to help us choose to live a life of righteousness. That we can do that. Amen. And so, yes, there is a devil. And yes, he walks about as a roaring lion, uh, seeking whom he may devour. 
about every third or fourth time that I mention the devil is, you know, like a roaring lion uh, because there's always new ears in the house. Uh, you know, one of the things we had found out years ago in studying, you know, what, what does this mean, a roaring lion? I thought that meant that, you know, this lion, the roaring lion, you know, that is that incomparable enemy. You know, that, that there's just nothing we can do when the devil's walking about as a roaring lion. But you know what? When lions are young and strong and healthy, they don't roar. I, I did study on this, and when a lion is beginning to roar, it's when he has gotten old, he's losing his teeth. Huh? He's losing his teeth. He's losing his bite. He's losing his speed. And he cannot just run and overtake us. A roaring lion is a lion that would like to devour you but cannot catch you. He would like to eat you up, but you can say no. And so lions, young, strong lions in hunt, and which, by the way, uh, most of the uh, lionesses, uh, they do the hunt because they put the food on the table, just like our wives do for us, right? And so, so yes, there, there is a devil, but he's not our only issue. As a matter of fact, we've got a lot more control than sometimes we realize. And so, uh, again, walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, anytime you see the word lust, it just, you know, immediately people think of prostitution and seedy things, you know. Lust, by definition, is a longing, a longing. It's, lusting is longing for something. And, um, but it goes on to say, especially for what is forbidden of the flesh. All right? So it's amazing when you take a small child and, and they've been pretty much just doing what they do as a little child. But as they get a little older, you start requiring more. And you say to that little child, you say, now you don't touch that. Well, all of a sudden, that thing that you're not supposed to touch is the most attractive thing in the whole house. You know, if you tell them once, you're going to tell them a hundred times. Don't touch that. You know, sometimes I've thought, well, if I don't say anything, they may maybe not even be seeing that right now, you know. And so our flesh has a lot of, uh, a lot of impact on us, okay? He says this, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Oh, but hallelujah, the spirit is against the flesh. Isn't that good? It's not just that we're dealing with a flesh issue that's, that's desiring against the Spirit, or in other words, that is not choosing the Spirit. It's choosing what he's lusting for. But the Spirit is also against the flesh. So the very thing that we need to overcome the flesh is trying to drive us to the things of the earth, the things of the world, the things that are out there in, in, in this society and around the world. And so he says, and these are contrary. All right, the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. Spirit and flesh are contrary. 
You look that up in the Greek, and it means that to lie opposite. To lie opposite. Not telling lies, but to like lay or be poised opposite of one another. And so uh, the flesh and the spirit are opposites. And we need to choose. And we need to make good decisions and good choices and choose for the right reasons. People choose wrong things for many reasons. They don't want to be left out of a crowd. They don't want to feel like they're all alone. They don't want to be uh, put out, you know, because they're different now that they're going to church. And people don't want to hang around them or whatever. People want to have those friends and people around their lives. Uh, I was a youth leader long before I became a, a pastor, and I was very young when I was a youth leader. But many, many times... Uh, you know, we talked about the influence of who they were going to school with, who was riding the bus with them, who's around in their family. Peer pressure is real, but the peer pressure doesn't come from God, it comes from the enemy. And so if we take care, if we can look and to say, okay, this is against the Spirit, and the Spirit is against this, then I need to make a Spirit choice. Because the spirit life is an eternal life. A spirit life is an eternal life. And so I want to I live forever. I want to have an eternal life. Now, he goes on and he becomes just very clear. Just the clarity on the flesh. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. They are rendered apparent. They are obvious. The works of the flesh are obvious. And now Paul, no wonder he suffered persecution. Now he goes on and says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, which is really an appetite for drinking food, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, Variants, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, whew, oh, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before. And I have also told you in time past that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. That is a strong word. That is a strong voice. Paul has written to the church at Galatia or the region of Galatia. And now in our day, this message and this truth is coming forth. And so he gives us all of these things that is connected to the flesh. And, and then he, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, hmm, not the works of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. How many has ever thought, man, I need more peace? You ever thought that? That means you need more Holy Spirit. He, he brings the peace. 
You need more Holy Spirit. God, I need more Holy Spirit because my peace has been under attack. I need more Holy Spirit. Amen? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, or belong to Christ, have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lust. The word affections there could have also been translated passions. That uh, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the passions and lusts. But look at verse 25, 26. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one to another. And so as we read this passage of Scripture, as we look at what we began with and and talking about uh, what we're going through and all of these things, Paul has already preached a message of victory when he says to the church at Galatia, in that region, that you have been called unto liberty. You've been called unto liberty. God has not called you uh, to be bound. He has called you to be at liberty. And to have the kingdom liberty. Because the kingdom's liberty is greater than the world's liberty. What the world calls liberty is permission, or at least desire, to just go and do whatever you want to do. But we're not even given that in the kingdom. We're not in the kingdom to do whatever we want to do. We're in the kingdom to do what God wants us to do. Amen. He's he's my father. He's the one that called me, that anointed me, that's blessed me. Amen. It's his kingdom. Amen. But we have a kingdom. And we're already operating in the kingdom. And it's going to manifest greater than we could ever see. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man what God's prepared for them that love Him. Amen? Amen. And so, what what do we have? Uh, You've been called unto liberty. But don't use that liberty as permission to the flesh. Well, yeah, I'm free. I'm not bound. I'm at liberty. Do not use that for an occasion to the flesh. But use that liberty to serve one another. To to serve one another. Liberty. He gives us liberty. Liberty reveals hearts. Liberty reveals hearts. You will find out more about yourself if you're watching. And you'll find out more about others. It's to when they have come to the point in their life that they perceive that they have a certain amount of liberty. See, you know, 18. When we were growing up, by the time 18-year-olds got out of high school, they were, you know, they they were still young, but they had some sense of, uh, you know, a future ahead. You have liberty to do with what God has given to you, to take the knowledge, the training, whatever that you're doing with your life. You have liberty to apply that. But liberty tests 
humans and motives. Because when you perceive that I am at liberty, some people run completely opposite of everything they ever learned in Sunday school class, everything they ever learned in youth group, or by being in the services that you preach. You know, you get the word here. And it comes right out of the Bible, and, it, it's, and the, we, we don't have a bad one in the lot. And uh, there's some at different levels, but, but listen, liberty reveals hearts. You are at liberty. God says, okay, I've brought you this far, now you choose. You choose. You chose me when you knelt on your knees and accepted Jesus Christ. Now you choose as you have grown into liberty, as you have become now an adult, you choose who you're going to be, and it's going to reveal your heart. Some people are in church, but they just can't wait to get out of church. So when I get old enough and I don't have to go to church, I'm not going to church with my family and all those things. Liberty reveals their hearts. They do. I told our children many, many, many years ago, we're not in and outers. We're not sometimers. <laughs> and we, we have been baptized with fire into the ministry of God. I have a calling upon our hearts and upon our lives. And whether or not God ever put that calling upon them, this is who we are, Leela and I. And you're going to be a company of that until it's time for you to make your own decisions. And so I think 18 now is insanity to give people permission to make decisions. Because in my opinion, 18-year-olds are not as old and as mature let me say most 18-year-olds. It's not everybody. And I, t I meet a lot of young people, and, and you know, uh, you probably agree. You know, a lot of kids 18 years old, they're just wasting their life. You know, they're just burning it up on both ends. And so, so we have a powerful calling. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. What a powerful calling. You can pursue the kingdom of God to your own desire and, and grow and develop in the kingdom of God. But he says, use not that liberty for an occasion. Now the word occasion there is a starting point. Use not liberty for a starting point to the flesh. Hmm? Use not liberty for an occasion, a starting point to the flesh, or an occasion to the flesh, but use that liberty to serve one another. To serve one another. God doesn't say, well done, thou good and faithful evangelist. He doesn't say, well done, thou good and faithful apostle. Thou good and faithful Sunday school teacher. God says, Thou good and faithful servant. God judges our lives, not on greatness, but on service. On service. Let that just soak in there a little bit. Right? And so we said the law has got it. It said fulfilled, the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, here's one statement that really covers the whole law. Right? 
Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Another area he went on and said, and shall love the Lord thy God with all of your heart and all of your might and all your strength. And this is the law defined. But then in verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. So he gave the definition of the law, but he also gave a warning. That if you bite and devour one another, another, you take heed that you be not consumed one of another. And so, you know, every gift has responsibility and accountability. And it's that way in this life. You can buck the system. You looked at your gas tank meter in your car, and it says you're about empty gas. And you say, huh, I don't even believe that. I don't care about that. I'm just going to drive this car on. I'm just going to keep on going the way I'm going. You ain't going to keep on going very long. Because sooner or later, you're going to run out of gas. Let me tell you something, saints. You try to live this kingdom thing, one foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom, you're going to run out of gas. You're going to run out of gas. Amen? You, you take the word, take the advice, take what he's teaching us. And so he said in verse 16, then this I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is sure victory over the flesh. How do I conquer my flesh? Walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the, the lust of the world or the lust of the flesh. That lust is a longing, but it's not only longing. The Greek word for lust there is a longing, comma, especially for what is forbidden. It is a lust not only uh, for a longing, but it's a longing especially for that which has been forbidden. That's how human we are. That we hear, no, you're not supposed to do that. Well, why not? I need to figure out what they're withholding from me. It's, I don't want to live this life. I've had, in my own generation, they were say, saying, man, you know, you don't know what you're missing out. You don't know all the opportunities out there. You don't know, man, you need to take a big bite out of life and, and you just go ahead and, and live, be, be young, be young, and just get out there. And, and I don't know if you recognize, but I've not been young very long, you know, <laughs> uh, it's, I've, been a, I've been a serious boy for a long time. But they'd say to me, you're missing out. I said, what am I missing out on? You're missing out on a hangover? Talk to Patrick about missing out. Amen. That's one blessing. That out of the depths of what the world had taken him through, there's occasions the boy should not have lived. There's occasions that demons came to claim him. But mama was praying. Hallelujah. Mama was praying. And God said to the darkness, I cannot give you this boy or I would have to ignore his mother's prayer. Right? Yes. Come on, mothers. Come on, fathers. Come on, grandmothers. Grandfathers. Come on. We've got, we've got authority with the King of Kings. Amen. 
They may be wondering now, but go ahead and pray. Go ahead and seek God. It's not all lost yet. Amen? Because somebody was praying, the devil did not get his way. Amen? Intercession is powerful. And especially when it's fueled by love. Amen? And so the world, and even... Wait, he's not, I talked about the devil a couple weeks ago. He's not even talking to the world. He's talking to the church. He's talking to the church. And so what does he say? Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the, the lust of the flesh. When you begin to walk in the spirit, you end your temptation to live in the lust of the world. Because you, now you've made up your mind. Now, there may be a temptation rise up here and there, just every now and then, just to take your temperature. See how you're doing, right? Yeah? And so, walk in the Spirit, and you won't have to have 14 counselors, you know, 10 different classes, so many different books to read to, you know, get your license back and... You know, all of these things. You won't have to deal with all of that. If you walk in the Spirit, you don't have the lust of the flesh to even fulfill. Because if you really walk in the Spirit, you're not going to desire that lust. Your desires are going to change. Your desires are going to begin to gravitate to the things of the kingdom of God and the glory of God. The Father who dared to create a human being that had choice. Amen? Why did He do it? He wasn't looking for robots. He was looking for people that would make a choice and a decision to follow Him. They had one law. In the garden, they had one law and messed it up. Just one. Because a serpent came by and began to reveal what was in their heart. Has God said that you can eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden? Well, God said we can eat of the fruits of the trees of the garden except the one that's in the middle of the garden. You mean God doesn't want you to have the fruit off of that? Well, how mean of God to withhold from you the fruit in the center of the garden. All the trees they had, there was probably thousands of them. The garden was not a backyard garden, folks. (laughs) And so, he comes in on the one thing they couldn't have. But you know what? When that temptation comes, but you got up from the altar last night with tears streaming down your face. That you come away from this house and you have been saying, God, I've given you my life. And I want to be, I want to live in your kingdom. I want to be in your kingdom. And I want to live here on earth in your kingdom. And I want to surely come to that kingdom. Amen. Awesome. What God has planned before us, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for them that love Him. Do you love Him? Amen. Your future is out of this world. Your future is out of this world. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, saints. Isn't it good? It's only the flesh. 
in all of these things that he mentions, not one time. The works, the works of the flesh, he makes, they're manifest. Adultery, fornication, and cleanliness, lasciviousness. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, and I've told you also in times past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, listen. He didn't mention the devil one time. That's the balance I wanted to preach with tonight. He did not mention the devil one time. This is in your hands. You've come to Jesus. This is in your hands. You have that choice. And you make that choice. And you carry that decision. There's no one more confused than someone trying to make an opposite decision and live in it. Because you cannot do it. And Jesus said that. He said, you cannot serve two masters. You either love one and hate the other, or you'll love that one and and hate the other one. (coughs) Hatred being in comparison to the one that is chosen. And so, while there is a devil, the power that he has literally to, to make us go his direction, he's powerless. He's really powerless. He does not have the power to simply overcome you. He doesn't. And so now we choose a life in the word. Jesus is the word on two feet. You're rejecting the word. You're rejecting Jesus. Amen. The word. And so all of these things are bad. Well, let me tell you, let's end up on some good stuff and I'll let you go. Verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. Amen. This is the good stuff. Right? Meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Amen. We're not re-crucifying Christ. We're crucifying the flesh. This is our crucifixion. It's a crucifixion of our flesh with the affections and the lust. If we live in the Spirit... Let us also walk in the Spirit. Don't just get saved. Walk it out. Amen. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another or envying one another. In all of that passage, in all that we've talked about what the devil can do, in all of this passage, not one time does he mention the devil. How we receive the kingdom and how we walk and live in it is in your hands. It's in your hands. It's in your choices. It's in your determination. I found that the best times to make uh, strong statements is before you need them. You know, you just go ahead and decide how you're going to live before you're put in the balance right and once you're settled 
this journey is not so, not so hard. It's not so hard. As a matter of fact, uh, what is it? It's uh, and, and full of glory. Uh, joy unspeakable. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Isn't that awesome? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's a whole different walk than, man, I'm battling back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. No. Let the, let the darkness go. Let it go. Let it go. Amen. The joy of God. What a good thing that God is doing in our lives. Stand with me tonight. Thank you for listening to today's Church of the Living God, Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you'd like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.